McGoy on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Carberry gets over the line. Try from Munster. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. David Myler is with us. David, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, lads. How do you make sense of what happened last night? What did you take away from the game? Um, oh, look, going into the game, it was, it was a nothing game. Of course, I know that there was the threat of relegation. It was obviously looming over the, the result of it. But at the end of the day, Stephen was on a win-to-lose win kind of there was nothing really good going to come out of it. If Ireland gone on and won 3-0, everyone, everyone would have gone, oh, well, Ireland are expected to beat them 3-0. They're 92nd in the world. Um, we have a calamitous five minutes. Obviously, you can see the two goals, and then we get a slice of luck, which we probably didn't have against Scotland, obviously, with their penalty decision. Uh, we got one against Armenia. We get back in. We win the game. I think it was just, it kind of came to the point where that group needed to be over and it needed to be ended, and we just needed to make sure that we didn't get relegated. So now we can move forward to the draw in October and prepare for March. So you're not taking too many lessons one way or another out of that game? No, I, I, I just, I was watching the game just like, look, we were completely dominant and they sat right off in a low block. You know, obviously you could see with Stephen's game plan, you know, the two wing backs were going to obviously be high forward, trying to get crosses into the box. You know, the, obviously the outside centre halves were joining in. It was all very good and well. We we were getting into very dangerous areas. We weren't creating a whole lot. Um, a lot of our set, you know, it was a lot of set pieces that our, our chances came down to. But at least it was a positive kind of influence on the game. We were, you know, pushing them right back. Obviously, like I said there, you have those, a blip in concentration with the complacency. Um, and we can see two goals. But, like, it comes down to like what side of the coin are you on? Are you in favour of Stephen or are you not in favour of Stephen? You know, there's a lot of noise coming from both sides from two different camps. At the end of the day, that game, like I, I heard the lads mention Damien. Damien Delaney had obviously said, look, it was a wooden spoon match. That's what it was. You know, there was nothing coming out of the group. We just needed to get a win, get over it. Obviously, I know they got the f- f- friendlies in November against Malta and Norway. Um but it's all about the qualifying group for the Euros and that starts in March. Um, he's betted a lot of young players in. They'll take in. They'll have taken a lot from, you know, the last kind of Nations League campaign. Like, you look at how many of them are, you know, still 2021. They have a lot of learning to do. There's probably that lack of experience, you know, with them. Obviously, they do have some experienced players, but albeit a lot of them aren't on the pitch at the same time. So, <laughs> like... David, There's I think, not a lot you could take from it. No, like there, there's been a quite a substantial bit of negativity from from some of your fellow ex professionals, you know, and, and and teammates, I guess, as well around around Stephen Kenny and what's happening. You know, three wins in twenty competitive games and all that. And Damien Delaney on television last night was kind of pointing out we can't take much confidence into into March. Even like I was messaging a uh, good Monaghan man, former Irish international Jonathan Douglas last night, and he was saying to me, "Fed up reading. We are going in the right direction. We're going nowhere fast." Like a lot of ex professionals are. are taking that line that do you kind of agree or can you see where they're coming from that 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 there is a lot of negativity around Stephen at the minute oh of course but that look Stephen's Stephen's not excluded from that because he is the you know the Irish senior national manager he's going to come under you know criticism he knows that but like like Damien said the other night like it's a results you know it's a results business you know he gets a result he's won the game albeit the performance wasn't fantastic but 
if anyone had said going into the Armenia game they weren't confident going into March, fair enough. But whether Ireland had won 3 4 5 nil last night, would you have been any more confident? Because Armenia are 92nd in the world, so it, it, it was a nothing game. We just needed to get a result, get the victory, and just move on. Like, of course, there's going to be people who want it here and now, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Like I said initially when he took over, listening to his interviews, there is a long-term vision with him, which I appreciate. A lot of these young lads, like, like you look at them, they're still 2021. 20, they're carving out, you know, their careers. A lot of them aren't playing regular football. Um, they're not at the level that we would have, you know, we'd obviously love to see them play. Um, but there's, there's, there is there is positive throughout the thing. It's just when you come down, you you, you minimise it to results only. Um, you know, it's it's not been fantastic, but I don't think Stephen would shy away from that. Uh, from a, a, a tactical perspective, um, are you seeing an evolution in the style of play that at least suggests that the plan that they're trying to build on is being carried out? I, I guess that's one of the things you can kind of say, although albeit it's a nothing game, the shape of the team should begin to emerge over the, the period of, say, the last three or four games in particular. Post-COVID, everybody's back normal. There's fans in the stadium. Like, if we, if we take that as a kind of a, a, a point forward, I mean, certainly I'm not, I'm not ignoring the previous results because you can't do that. But if you take mm. it as, OK, this is like a, a reset button, is there enough of a trend there that you're saying, OK, this team is actually quite well coached. I understand what they're trying to do. I can see what they're trying to achieve. They might not always be great at it, but I'm going to mark them now on the basis of uh, the plan, at least, that's in place. Yeah, and you could tell from the way that they're playing. Obviously, Stephen has adapted this five at the back. I know he didn't really play it at Dundalk. He said he played it previous jobs. Um, but certainly with the personnel we have, you can see that they're they're working together. They're obviously practicing on the training run. They're going through it. Players look comfortable. I think Stephen now is at a position where he kind of knows his starting eleven. Um, like obviously I, I would have put Agbene higher up in the pecking order I was surprised he didn't feature last night I don't know was there a knock or something but he seems to have that you know 11 players guaranteed that he thinks is going to start you can see from one of his interviews about um, Josh Cullen obviously who was suspended that he was an integral part of their team you can tell by the you know the type of player he is certainly with keeping possession kind of keeping things safe and tight um, in front of the back back five or the three and a half <coughs> certainly there has been a shift in the way he's trying to progress Ireland and the way they're playing and look from the outside looking in and from you know mumblings I hear from different players they've all bought into it um, so that's that's a positive but it's just regardless of however last night I don't think it would have been I don't think there would have been if, if Ireland had won 3 or 4 nil, I don't think there would have been a lot more optimism this morning is the midfield a concern? Like you mentioned Josh Cullen there and, and, and it was quite glaring that he wasn't on the pitch last night. I know Jeff Hendrick probably didn't have the best game he's ever had in an Irish jersey, but is that maybe relative lack of strength and depth in that position a, a concern going forward, David? Well, I played midfield, but there was always a concern over midfield. Like going back all the way, back to 2012 kind of, you know, that Euros, um, obviously Glenn... You Glenn and Keith, like people had question marks over them, even though the two of them were very good players. And then coming onwards in the teams I played, and people always had concerns over, you know, midfield. Obviously, we were very fortunate to have a player like Roy. And if you go back further, kind of your Andy Townsend's, Matt Hollins, those players, they were very good players. But there's always been, it's always been a question mark area for Ireland um, that we haven't had the players in midfield kind of, you know, truly dominate a game. Obviously, Josh has come in. His playing style is suited Stephen and the way he wants to go. But like it's it's just 
Jeff has been a, a bit of a scapegoat since you know since 2017 that everyone seems to kind of pile on him okay yeah it wasn't his greatest performance Ireland but at least he doesn't you know shirk the challenge of trying to get on the ball trying to make stuff happen he gets into the you know the into the final third he's trying to play passes albeit some of them don't come off but he's one of the ones that is trying to drive us forward and try and play the ball into key areas now on the flip side of that is Stephen giving him the license to go and be the one that's going to try and create I'd like to think so because he does play you know, a lot of games for him uh, Is Robbie Brady a potential midfielder in the future? Oh there we go we've just lost we've just lost David there uh, Connor Joyce says it's outrageous that two years in people are still afraid to criticise Kenny why is he any different to other Irish managers and much more successful ones I mean I don't I don't see a world where people are afraid to criticise Stephen Kenny we're, we're talking about um, trying to put some context on what's going on I enjoyed one of the comments there from MJW per, per young lad Shane thanks for calling me young by the way per young lad Shane wants to call for Kenny's head but <clears> has to toe the line with the OTB pro Kenny at all costs as they dig harder and harder they never get anyone on that disagrees with their opinion I'm, I don't have to toe any line. I said at the outset, I am confused. I like what Kenny's doing with this team, and yet I can recognise that for periods last night it was atrocious. So I think a lot of Irish fans are confused this morning. I'm just one of them. Yeah, I think uh, that was generally the consensus coming out. What happened last night? <laughs> how, how do you explain it? And even Nathan was talking to the players afterwards, David, and they couldn't quite explain what happened. Is it? Have you been in games like that where everything is cruising and the opposition don't appear to be trying to score and all of a sudden three minutes later you're like in danger of going out of the competition if it's a cup game or, or losing the match like how, how does it happen that a team is so dominant we, we dominated possession that I think we had 19 shots and they would four and two goals out of them um, like the stats are all heavily suggesting that it was a dominant performance from Ireland just the, I, I haven't seen the XG I wouldn't mind seeing it oh, I think it was 1.92 to like 0.2 something maybe right no, I, X, well, it couldn't have been 1.92. What do you say? XG, so we scored we scored three goals. So XG would have to be higher, wouldn't it? What is it? No, I think sometimes you can you can outperform your oh, XG. XG. XG is a load of nonsense. If you look <laughs> at like, chances. I, I've never been a fan of XG. But what were you asking there? Uh, have you ever been in a game like that? Or what happened? Like, yeah. can you? So what? two things, really. In the change room, what happens afterwards? Who's saying what to who? I, there's, there's one game that sticks out in my mind we played Bristol um, with Hull in the championship a few years ago oh, I think we were like 1-0 down went 2-1 two, two, up with about I'm going to say 4 minutes to go ended up losing 3-2 and it was all sorts of words were exchanged in the change room um, somebody got studded in the chest there was all sorts of fighting and yeah look it happens uh, fellas were trying to hold one another accountable for what had happened but it's just momentum, like in football. Like it almost felt watching that game last night. Like I was looking at it, kind of going, "Those are one of those games you'd love to play in, where you're you're completely dominant. You have all the possession. You're getting down the flanks. You're getting down the wings. You're creating chances. Like players almost got ahead of themselves, getting forward, and we just left ourselves completely exposed and open. That you know, so many bodies. Like for the first goal, our midfield kind of vacates." Like they all get forward and then in the transition the recovery runs too slow they don't get back quick enough and you get punished like albeit yes they are you know 92nd in the world but they're you know they're not the worst players ever you know what I mean they can still put you know they can string a lot of passes together and as you've seen from the second goal boys can finish you know um, and that, that can happen you know certainly at, at that level you just felt that 
the, the one thing for me was after the first went, first goal went in, it was like, you've got to tighten up for five minutes, get the momentum back, just dominate possession, just be, be on the front foot. And we kind of just backed off and look, I don't need to, I don't need to hang Connor out to dry. Obviously it was a poor square pass, gets intercepted. And it's like I said, it's a tidy finish. But then it was even at two two. They had another chance to just flash past the post, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, could this be? Could this be this night?" Um, but eventually, look, they got the job done. Um, it's a results business. So. And Connor's Connor's one of the more experienced players, and he's one of the leaders in that team as well, David. And, and like that was one of the moments. I think it was Tony O'Donoghue chatting to, to Stephen afterwards, and I noticed a flicker in in Stephen's eyes when he was asked a question about leadership at at two 0 up. Um, and he referenced Conor Hurran, and I think Stephen then name checked John Egan. He said, "Look, we've leaders in the team. Look at John Egan. He, he almost seemed a little bit agitated to be asked the question about leadership. But is that not is that not a fair criticism, Stephen? That sometimes or David like at two 0 up." You 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 need your big players, your leaders, your your top players to step up and and see a game out like that against the ninety second best team in the world. But it's not just about your leaders or your or your top players. Like these are all professional players that have played football. They know themselves that the, you're tuning up in a game with twenty minutes to go. You see that through. You cannot. If, okay, look, a goal can come. You can concede a goal. The line, the line is gone again. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it did, it did obviously happen to uh, to Germany the night before. Somebody had good context there about the the group, um, the group that we're going to be in, and the teams were in uh, B and C. <clears throat> Some perspective. David Scanlon says Northern Ireland and Slovakia. <clears throat> pardon me, stuck in League C. England, Wales relegated to B. Sweden relegated to C. We're not in a good place, but things could be a lot worse. Yeah, it's fair. And you see the, the results in Northern Ireland last night getting beaten out the gate basically by Greece and, and, and the struggles they're under with, with Baraclough. Things could be a lot worse. Kenny we, FM we is rattled. Who'll be the first to jump ship? Asks Owen O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just waiting for someone to come on. And, but why would anyone... like there, there are no... And even the people who are anti-Kenny, there are no replacements at the minute. Give us your alternatives. Put, put, out, the, put out the alternative viewpoint in a, in a different world. Do we go back to, to Martin O'Neill? Does Roy Keane come in and take this job? What are the list of candidates of available managers who are interested in the Ireland job? Now, here's the thing, right? It's a much better job to get next than it was... Yeah, and he took over exactly because there's a bunch of 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds who have 15 to 20 caps yeah. which is quite an exciting period you just need a sprinkling then of a couple more players to come through and away you go I see the argument made in comments all the time that oh Jesus we, like if this was Martin O'Neill or Mick McCarthy getting the results Stephen Kenny's getting they'd be yeah, completely criticised but I don't I don't I don't get that I don't I don't accept that that like Stephen Kenny, we, we know, but he won the game last night. Record-breaking uh, points haul in the uh, Nations League. David Myler's back. David, good morning. Good morning to you again. <laughs> sorry, lads. Skype. I don't like Skype. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm laughing at you. Record-breaking the Nations well, yeah, League. It's like you know, yeah. we, we haven't really taken the Nations League seriously as a as a nation up to this point. And then everybody's like, actually, maybe we should take this seriously because there's a potential for a playoff. And then Stephen Kenny said, "Oh, we're going to win the group," which you know, in retrospect, wasn't great. Can I ask you? We were having this conversation since the start. How important are his press conferences and his interviews um, for the players? Right? Because we we in the media and the fans talk about them nonstop and. There's, you know, it's been a mixed bag, a bit of a hostage to fortune, saying, "Oh, we're gonna, we, we can win this group." Um, but what do the players? Does it matter to the players what he says? Are they are they watching that for clues and signals, or do they talk about it? What's your what's your instinct? In the past, what would have been the case? I would have never read too much into a manager's press conference. 
um, or you know certainly after a draw or something of course once the draw is made you're thinking how can we how can we progress you're looking at I initially came on I remember at the start once um, I was on off the ball and you know we drawn this group with Scott and Ukraine I looked at it and kind of gone that's a difficult group um, there's not a lot between us and you know Scotland obviously um, Ukraine had a good Euros obviously albeit there's a lot going on in their country um, but still I didn't think it was going to be going to be easy which has not been but as a player you always feel can we you're looking at the games can we beat Scotland yes we can can we beat Ukraine yes we can like I never looked a lot into it kind of we were you'd be more focused regardless unless the manager was talking about in you individually you might then hear it um you'd be kind of curious to know what he said about you but the lads will know coming into any camp when it was the first one they've got to go and you're expected to beat Armenia home and away you're expected to get a result against Scotland at home you might have to then you know for come to a draw away from home against Ukraine and Scotland but those would be the kind of expectations if you look over if we win those two games at six points beat Scotland at home that's nine points you know Ukraine kind of I would have looked at it as kind of a free shot home and away could you pick something up in that two points possibly three points then all of a sudden you're on 12 going to Scotland away where can you then get a result like the big thing was I think after the Armenia away defeat in Yerevan it was almost kind of they were always on the back foot and they were trying to make up too much ground and then you know performances end up getting the game kind of gets away from you before you know it you're you're kind of like in a position where you're you're drawing or you're losing and if the results in the earlier part of the campaign had gone well like even if you look back to 2016 when we qualified for the euros like we had a calamitous result against Scotland away where everybody was calling for Martin O'Neill's head blah 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 and then we ended up going and getting a result against Germany where it just flipped the whole thing on its head you know, and then we had the momentum to get going. Like, that's why once the draw is done, like, I'd, I wouldn't read too much into the November internationals. I think boys who've been in around the squad now who haven't got as much game time will probably feature in those games. He'll give them an opportunity to kind of put their case forward for a starting 11 uh, slot. But then once the draw is done, you'll be looking at the first, you know, the opening games. We need to get results. Um, we need to be, you know, Stephen um, spoken about making the Aviva Fortress our home form is going to be crucial. Um, and we've always, I've always felt anyway, in the time I played for Ireland and going back, we've always been able to produce a performance to get a result away from home, which we've done over the years. Shane Keegan has corrected my XG. 3.23 to 0.25 was that was the correct figures. Um, like, a lot of possession. Last uh, night. So I was, sweet, so, so I was right. You were correct. Over three. You were yeah, correct, yeah. David. You were correct. Yeah. Um, the, like, so much possession last night without real penetration, I guess. But, do we have to somehow, David, learn how to play against these teams with the low block? Because, like you mentioned, the next qualifying group. Like, but did we not do that last night? Did we not create a lot of chances? Did we not play well? Like, I thought, like at two 0 I thought, okay, so this is good. This is a template for the next time. Uh, whoever the minnows in our group are, this is how we should play. We'll we'll be very strong from set pieces. We'll get our fullbacks exceedingly wide, and we'll create space. And you'll hope that there'll be some room for a bit of magic from. It's going to be Obafemi, and I, I thought we had done well. I thought there was a template there, and yet we nearly dropped points at home. But but up until the bit where we completely had a brain fart. Yes, yeah. Like I think that's a template for how you approach those games. But uh, I guess my point is that, that regardless of who we get in the group in Frankfurt on Sunday week, like I, I'm almost confident-ish against the first and second seeds. You know, because they can get up for those games. It's the it's the lesser teams in the group that we tend to 
for some reason, struggle against David? I wouldn't say you get up for, if you're playing at Germany, Spain, Italy, France, as opposed to an Armenia, you know, Gibraltar. One of them. I don't. I wouldn't say you get up for one game more than the other. This is. I'm, I'm speaking on my own experience. I'd like to think that, you know, when you're representing Ireland, whoever you're playing, you should be, you know, fully up for the game. Uh, like, the thing was last night, yes, we did create chances, but how many of those would you say were real, clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities? You know, uh, you know, the first goal comes from the set piece. Three point two of them. Three point two five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the first one, obviously, is Robbie's Robbie's um, free kick in the header. Michael's is a good forward pass. I think it's Daryl Shea who plays the ball forward. Michael gets on the half turn, drives forward. We've seen that against Scotland. Strikes it from distance, which is a, an incredible individual goal. The second one is a set piece. Ball falls into the box. It's a scramble. Gets hit off a hand. It's a penalty. Brady tucks it away. Like, if you revert back, how many other opportunities did we have that were intricate play? You know, like, the hardest thing the hardest thing when you play up against a low block is when you have, like, an Obafemi and Parrot, they get attracted to the ball. And if you're one of the, you know, the Armenians in a half, you're kind of going, well, that's fine. You push out that way. You know what I mean? I can, de- I can deal with that. You're, you're going away from goal, whereas we needed to get some added runners in behind to kind of try and albeit there's limited space, try and stretch them, create spaces in between. Okay, so um, there's a bit of work we to be done to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's the training for your Ironman coming along? I haven't started that. I'll tell you why. I woke up this morning, my, my right knee's in high knee. I think I was watching the football last night. It's uh, it's coming out in sympathy with the Ireland performance, is it? No, no, no. Um, oh, look, Jerry, you can... That game last night was a nothing game. Yes, we don't want to get relegated. Of course, we want to stay in the Nations League B. But at the same time, if we'd won 3-0, would the talk be any different? No, those, lost, those who had made their mind up different? have made their mind up. That seems to be exactly, it. Exactly, and, and it's hard to change someone. It's hard to change someone's mind. Can I just, David, before we go, one note of positivity. Uh, Tom Moen is a man I know reasonably well from, from back home, but um, we all know the 21s and the, the positivity coming through there in the 19s as well but um, fill us with optimism with the future I know you're involved in that under 17 setup as well like how, how are the lads faring how are the how's the, the talent that is emerging no obviously I've, I've kept a close eye with Tom because now with me being involved with the 17s these players are moving on from the 17s I think we've got five in the squad um, who've gone on to play obviously against Wales Hungary um, forgotten who they played in the first one but um, they've gone on and they've they've done terrific, terrifically well. Obviously, winning their group with you know maximum points, which is which is fantastic. Um, I'm delighted for Tom because now he is you know something to look forward to. Obviously, then the flip side of that with the 21s, um, I watched their game in Tala. Um, they were very unfortunate. It was kind of probably a missed opportunity for them. They look, I imagine Jim would look back on that, thinking we could have gotten another goal or or you know just kept it together and kind of got that victory going over. Um, because it was always going to be difficult to go to Israel, um, but they had an incredible season. You know, to think that they got to a playoff and, and the unfortunate way to lose on penalties was very cruel. There's a lot of optimism um, with these younger players coming through. Obviously, we've got our own campaign starting next month with the 17s, but we'll be looking to you know follow with Tom and qualify for the elite phase in March. Well, listen, best of luck with that, David. Great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.